0: Welcome to our podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick Wainwright, and thank you for joining us today. Today I'm joined by Father Stephen Pullis, a priest from the Archdiocese of Detroit, and we will be talking about how the Holy Spirit might work in our lives, in particular in the lives of college students, and how we should open our hearts to His action and to His direction in our lives. Father Stephen Pullis grew up in Sterling Heights, Michigan. He was ordained a priest in the year 2011 for the Archdiocese of Detroit. He received his licentiate degree in theology from the Pontifical University of Saint Thomas Aquinas. He worked as a director of evangelization, catechesis, and schools in the Archdiocese of Detroit, and since 2021, he has been a director of graduate pastoral formation at the Sacred Heart Seminary here in Detroit and an associate pastor at St. John Vianney Catholic Church. Hi, Father Steve. Thank you for joining us again in our podcast. How are you doing? I'm great, Father Patrick. Great to be uh, back with you. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'll ask you a quick question. Sometimes they do this in radio shows. What What do you have for
1: breakfast? What did I have for breakfast today? Now in Lent. Yeah, I didn't have breakfast today because I had a meeting with our director of music. So I had coffee. I always have coffee, but I didn't have breakfast today. What did you
0: have, Father? I did not have breakfast either for (laughs) other reasons. Uh, I'm trying, I don't know if you know Father Richard Castro. He's one of our priests. Shout out to Father Richard. He's in California. And um, he started doing this intermittent fasting. Yeah, yeah. And so he's been convincing me sometimes to try to do that. So occasionally I'll do some fasting, and and my fasting will be uh, either I skip lunch, or if I am feeling able, I'll skip breakfast. So then I don't have I don't eat anything from about dinner, the end of dinner, all the way around the night until around. To lunchtime. Lunch. Lunch. So okay. that kind of counts like a fasting thing.
1: Well, that, Lent is a great time to be talking about fasting. Yeah, here. so and yeah. W-
0: what are you doing? Are you, are you, like, what? how do you face Lent? I don't want to yeah. ask the, the question, no, what they, are you doing for Lent? But, you know, what do you do spiritually to prepare for the
1: feast of the resurrection of the Lord? Sure. I, You know, in talking with a lot of Catholics, maybe you see this or maybe you see something differently. But I know a lot of people get really built up for Lent and then it doesn't go perfectly and Mm -hmm. then they feel crushed or they feel like a a failure as a Catholic because they're not doing great. So they put all this emphasis on Lent to do you know, lots and lots of things, um, and I think that can be a challenge. So for me in Lent, um, the three pillars: prayer, fasting, and alms giving. Perfect. You make a vow of poverty, Father. Yes. So alms giving is your life. Right. As diocesan priests, we don't do that as much. So for alms giving, you know, uh, I went to a Ukrainian high school with all the conflict in Ukraine right, right now. Um, that's something really on my heart to support. The Catholic Church in Ukraine. So that's Absolutely. my focus for alms giving this line. First
0: Qu- question for you: I read that I was going to say something about that. I just left. Thought I'd leave it up sure. to you. Uh, I read that that you studied at a Ukrainian Catholic high school here in Michigan. Do you have family-wise any relationship with Ukraine or something like that?
1: No, I mean I, I feel like uh, solidarity with with the Ukrainians, right. especially the Ukrainian Catholics. But no, my parents just liked the school and could afford it, and so wow. they sent us there.
0: And I noticed, I think in the they have some icons in the school and so forth. Mm-hmm. Is that a
1: Ukrainian Byzantine right school or is it a like Ukrainian Latin right? No, it's Ukrainian Byzantine, so wow. the Ukrainian church, along with the other... Um Eastern churches broke off in the schism in 1054, right? And a number of them, uh, parts of them, reunited thanks but to Saint Josephat. Thanks to Saint
0: Josephat, we had a we had a, my my episode last previous week, previous to last, I
1: spoke about Saint Josephat, yeah. and precisely to pray for Ukraine. Yeah, exactly. So some of them came back in under the patronage and really the courage, the martyrdom right. of Josephat, mm-hmm. and others are are not in communion right now. But it's a Ukrainian right. Uh, Ukrainian Byzantine Rite Catholic School and Church uh, in Warren, and then there's another beautiful church, Immaculate Conception in Amdramic very good well so so that's the that 's the uh, almsgiving past uh-huh. or, or part of Lent, the almsgiving part the fasting part uh, for me is you know always giving up sweets during Lent. I also try to give up music as well because I like to listen to music uh-huh. what music do you like to listen? Um, can I ask yeah, can I like folk ask? music, so you know there 's a band like the Oh hellos or Mandolin Orange, just these wow. folk bands i 've been turned on to, and I, I listen to that when i 'm studying, um, and so I give that up for Lent and then um uh, the prayer, uh, you know, for me, I, I'm really trying to read one of the Gospels this Lent in its entirety. We're in the year of St. Luke, so I'm reading go. the Gospel of St. Luke this Lent. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, just not to l- have you put you on the spot yeah. alone. Well, I, what, what, <laughs> what are you doing this Lent, Father? Yes, so I, um, m- many times I uh, try to to do many things, mm-hmm. right? And uh, for example, but I'm already doing things, I was already doing things before Lent, and I don't want to be adding a whole lot. So I try to have, I love sugar. My mm-hmm. entire life, when I was little, I had a lot of sugar, uh, like sweet, sweet sweet tooth and yeah. you know, chocolate and sugar, just plain sugar. I would eat sugar. And I was like crazy, <laughs> totally crazy. So uh, right now I'm trying to have, I for my life, I couldn't have coffee without milk and sugar. Okay. That's impossible almost. So, I have been trying since last Lent and this Lent again to have coffee without sugar and mi- or milk. You oh know? wow! Just black uh, coffee. Black coffee. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and they told me like, yeah, you get used to it after two weeks, you get used to it, and then you can <laughs> never have sugar again. Not the, not for me, you know. <laughs> for some reason, I I don't get used to it. Yeah. Um, then I try not to have uh, sweets like desserts like mm. brownies, cookies. I might have like a fruit like an orange or something yeah. like that to just. Finalize the dinner, yeah. but typically I try to skip uh, having sweets and stuff. And uh, and then uh, regarding all the other things. Uh, uh, almsgiving, I take it more like act of charity toward yeah. those around me. Yeah. I can be um like harsh in my in my conversations. I'm, you know, uh as a priest, I'm sometimes having we have formation, I have students in formation in our house. Yeah. And I can be like, hey, you didn't do this, hey you didn't do that a little too much. So I try to uh, step back a little bit, and or say it in a nicer way. You know, just not put to be you, put your Saint John Bosco hat on, right? Or, um, right. Yeah. Not too smooth either, because they <laughs> need a little like whipping a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> but just to be nice, sure. Uh, with all around me, and uh, and then with prayer uh, to do. We have a lot of uh, um, things we do as a religious community, uh, and uh, things we ought to do as a reli- as religious priests sure. uh, already. So I, uh, more than adding much more, I try to add a visit to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament once or twice in the day, apart from the ones we already do as a community, yeah. and to do my my regular prayers just well done, you know, to the most of my ability attentiveness. And uh, hopefully that helps. Well, you know?
1: One of the great devotions I learned from Elis Christie, mentioned last time about Father Xavier and uh, discernment, there was praying the uh, sorrow, the sorrowful, the Rosary of Our Lady of Sorrows. Thank you. Yeah, the Seven Sorrows. Yeah, of that's, Rosary. Yeah, and that's I really not, love that. Not a
0: very well-known Rosary, uh, but it's a very traditional tradition. Yeah. Uh, in the Catholic Church, yeah. and uh, yeah, we prayed every uh, Saturday and some Fridays, and then on Tuesdays also. So yeah,
1: it's a great, uh, a great yeah, tradition great. and a great prayer.
0: Right, right, very good. Well, last time, Father Stephen, again, thank you for joining us again. Uh, we spoke about your vocation. This time, I thought it would be useful to center a little bit on the action of the Holy Spirit. Uh, sure. Some episodes ago, I spoke about the Holy Spirit and how He sanctifies the Church and how he also sanctifies the individual soul. And um, in college, many students are on their own. Like, there's no obligation to anybody. There's no almost any responsibility or any authority on top, except the school, which is very many times hands-off and and so forth. Uh, So I was wondering um, if you could give us, um, and especially our college student listeners or young adult listeners, um, any thoughts on how would the Holy Spirit work in their lives so that they can be aware of how the Holy Spirit uh, can be acting? You no, know, the Holy yeah. the Holy Spirit could be saying this to me.
1: How, how does that work? How does the Holy Spirit actually sanctify anybody yeah. you know, in college? That's a great question, Father. You know, one of the things that comes most to mind when I think about the Holy Spirit is just what we profess as Catholics. You know, we profess one God in three persons, Father, Absolutely. Son, and Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is given to us, that's God's life himself right. poured into me, poured right. into you at our baptism, at our confirmation, you know, that that God's life dwells in me. And that's you know when we think about baptism, it should blow our minds what right. God does, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Of course he purges original sin from us and kind of cleanses us from the fault that we inherit through Adam. But he also pours his own life into me. And so if I've been baptized and if I've been confirmed and if I'm working at living the Christian life, right, trying to respond to what God has called me to do, then I can have great confidence. God is dwelling in me. God is living in me in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, just just to maybe take a step back for a moment and just say, whoa. Right. Like that's awesome, right? That God is doing that because he wants me to be united with him here and now and then for all eternity in heaven. How that plays out in my life is you know, that God gives me the grace in the power of the Holy Spirit to respond to his invitation uh, to do his will. And his will is made known to us in the church. And so being a man or a woman who puts the sacramental life of the church as a priority is one clear way that we can know the Holy Spirit is dis, is is dwelling in me and can help me be sanctified. So I would say the first thing, if you're asking, you know, how can we uh, know that the Holy Spirit is in our lives or is working? Well, first of all, am I a man or woman who's going to Mass every Sunday? Right, and, am right I the basic, ma- right? Yeah, basics, right? and it may not sound super exciting, or it may be something you've taken for granted for a long time, But, you know, God works through the ordinary things in our life. This is the whole story of the incarnation, that God chose to be born and to live in a town in, he chose to be born in Bethlehem and to live in Nazareth, right? God enters into the ordinary parts of our life. So he wants to be there in the ordinary, quote unquote, part of your life. And that means going to mass regularly, praying every day, praying your rosary, um, that God is working through that. So how can I know the Holy Spirit is in my life? if i'm doing those things and it doesn't mean i have to love doing them at every moment right the christian life the life of do of of a disciple of jesus is doing what's right even when i don't want to do it or even when i'm tempted to do something else
0: or when when you don't feel uh we don't when you don't feel the emotions
1: of it you know it's very simple very down to earth yeah but very good Yeah, no, it's exactly true. I don't have to work myself up into an emotional frenzy about it, but I can have confidence that you know God has already done for me an incredible amount of pouring His life into me, and so every time I go to Mass, every time I pray, every time I um, offer up my rosary or deal with inconveniences and say, "Lord, I give this to you," I am responding to the gift of the Holy Spirit in my life. Very
0: good, very good. And so, how? Would you suggest that they could actually suppose as a young man and or young woman, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I heard about the Holy Spirit. What should I do now? What what should they do?"
1: To open their hearts to to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So God's grace comes to us in the sacrament. So, you know, as we talked about the foundations, right? To be going to Mass regularly, at least on Sunday. I talked to my own vocation how daily Mass was so important to me. Right. And adoration, right? And Eucharistic adoration, right? The continuation of the Mass in our lives Mm -hmm. and prayer of adoring Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, right? That the Holy Spirit in us— is being strengthened by our presence in uh, in Eucharistic adoration by the reception the worthy reception of holy communion at mass and by going to confession regular, regularly right, saying I, awesome. I need to be cleansed yeah, from yeah, my yeah, sins yeah. right like be, why uh, because god has given his life into me and i need to make myself a worthy temple of the Holy Spirit a worthy vessel for god 's grace so that's the foundation that we we say has to happen first right right um, how do I know what the Holy Spirit wants me to do or how should I be open to it right um, you know having that foundation is key, but then from there to say you know one of the most helpful things to do in your morning offering when you wake up and you pray you know uh, I know I, I pray the morning offering that I learned as a kid um, that is uh, part of the League of the Sacred Heart offering my day to the Lord, but you know, also saying like, come Holy Spirit, do with me what you will today. And to know that God is found in the ordinary things, right? So sometimes doing God's will is sitting down and doing your homework when you'd rather be doing something else. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's putting your phone 10 feet away from you so that you can concentrate on the person you're in front of, the work you have to do, the prayer that you're committed to. Um, and sometimes the the Holy Spirit's work for us is to reach out to someone we know who's in need or to take time to be with the poor, um, you know, God's Holy Spirit works in so many different ways, so many varied ways, and that's the beauty of the lives of the saints, Father. Right? Mm-hmm. We see like saints who were married and who were super holy, saints who were priests and were super holy, saints who were young, saints mm-hmm. who were old. Like God has a mission for each one of you who are listening that's unique and and different than a mission He has for everyone else. But it's going to have the same foundation of being a man of prayer, being a woman who cares about the sacraments in her life and being a man or woman who says come holy spirit what do you want me to do today and to be willing to respond in generosity to whatever that is that god is going to put you in situations where you need to be his grace you know mother teresa used to say if you enter a situation where there's no joy and there's no love found your job isn't to go away and go somewhere else right your job is to be the love and the joy of that situation um so father i think those are really key aspects of how to be open to the Holy Spirit, what what would you say to help young people to be open?
0: Very good. Well, um, that's, of course, a great question. Um, so, I was thinking as you were talking, uh, what you said is almost everything, right? Uh, to live the commandments, go to confession, go to Mass on Sundays. If you can, go to Mass during the week, go to adoration. All these things are things that most Catholic college students should be have available. There's almost everywhere a Newman Center or a Catholic Center or a Catholic parish nearby. Um, so apart from those things that you just said, or apart from praying to the Holy Spirit, asking him for his life, one could ask oneself, for example, uh, give time to prayer. Give time to prayer before Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. And there ask yourself, uh, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Right, so we, we have a choice. Sh- what should I do? Should I study this or that? Well. What is it that you're looking for and what is it that you should be looking for right why should we do the things that we do and in that sense uh, the why can sometimes can clarify a lot of things you know if i'm I'm trying to find a place where I'm gonna be wealthier or am I trying to find a place where I can serve God better yeah. right well that helps us realize well I'm being selfish in one option and being. Generous in the other and going, being God-minded and or God-centered in one other thing. Uh, that's one area to think to ask why, also to ask what does God want me to do, right? And in that sense, there has to be some discernment always to be open to the Holy Spirit. Discernment means to distinguish my interior motions, right? And in that sense, uh, uh, I, I this is not something everybody would be able or willing to do, but it would be very useful and sometimes god put makes it available to do a retreat like you did when you when yeah. last episode we talked about your vocation yeah. doing a retreat i'm sure was a pivotal moment
1: right? absolutely so absolutely. doing a silent
0: retreat doing a retreat as the spiritual exercises of st ignatius of loyola in every episode i put the show notes i put a link to where any, anyone who wants to do a spiritual exercise retreat, where they can find them, you know, in your area, more or less. So yeah. you can find that in the show notes of this episode. And then finally, to if there's a priest available or a sister available or someone that is um, like a missionary of some sort, to ask for guidance. You know, if it's a priest or a sister, you can ask for a spiritual direction. Um, and typically, they would be at least available to meet once or twice. And there you can ask, you know, what... What should I do with this? And present your situation. It has to be, of course, a a spiritually-minded person. St. Ignatius of Loyola says in his life how he at some point had difficulty finding people that were spiritually-minded. But once he found someone spiritually-minded, he would open his heart and say, look, this is my concern. Yeah. What do you think about it? You know, what do you think I should do? And I think that that, you know, is a way to open ourselves to the guidance of the Holy Spirit to some extent because God does speak through other people as well, through situations, through people, and through our conscience, of course. Uh, but we have to be um, always looking at the basic uh, and a more objective realities, as opposed to leading ourselves only by our interior mm-hmm. experiences, because sometimes they may or may not be from the Holy Spirit, right? So, anyway, so those are my that those are my two cents. here. That's
1: great. Yeah,
0: it was worth far more than two cents. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. Well, very good. Well, I think that will be about all for today. Thank you very much, Father, for for being with us today. Uh, I think that everyone listening will take a lot of. Good uh, insight from your from your thought. List. I think it's a very everything you said is full of wisdom. So thank you so much for for joining us. Thank you everyone else who's listening for joining us to uh, joining us in this episode. And I encourage you also to listen to Father uh, Father Steve's uh, podcast, Encounter, Grow, and Witness in the Archdiocese of Detroit and uh you'll hear here there a lot of witnesses as well and stories of the people in the Archdiocese of Detroit who are in in ministry or or pastoral work in some, of some sort. Um anything fi- any final words that you would like to tell us to to leave us yeah. with your wisdom yeah, just final a, wisdom.
1: Just as you were talking about retreats and spiritual direction that, that can seem like, you know, kind of the the deep end of the pool spiritually right. for people. Um God is never outdone in generosity. So if you take the time and effort to say I want to know the Lord's will. I'm going to go on a retreat. I'm going to seek out a, a, a wise and holy spiritual uh spiritual director. Then like that is going to be returned to you in much greater, you know, 30, 60, 100-fold uh even here in this life. So don't be afraid to give the Lord from your best to seek out those things that may be difficult um that God is very pleased when you do that and he blesses you richly for that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely true. So, if anyone has any questions for Father Steve or any questions for me about this or any other episode, please uh, do not hesitate to send me an email at info at fourcollegecatholics.org. I would love to hear from you. And if you can, yeah, leave a rating there in Apple Podcasts and Spotify so that others may be encouraged to listen as well. May God bless your day, and we'll see you next time. God
1: bless you, Father Steve. Thank you. Bye bye.